South side, Casa de Barman. Casa de Barman. What's that NASCAR picture behind you? Last lap, Dale, Dale, Dale Jr. and uh, Michael Waltrip. Oh wow! But, uh, I went to cleaned out the cleaned out the apartment a couple weeks ago. Hung some pictures. Nice. Looking a little bit better as long as I was going to spend so much time here. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like you're spending all that much time there. You know, considering the amount. I mean, you're you're basically a, a a Jamaican at this point with the amount of jobs you work. <laughs> well, I'm not necessarily quarantined, but uh, this is the obvious. Well, this is the least traveling I've done in uh, in what since I was uh, since I uh, was divorced or married. Um, probably the least amount of traveling I've uh, I've done. Every show that I had on the books for this year has been canceled. All of them. So I had the Florida Youth Soccer Show in August. That's done. I was possibly going to San Diego for the first tee. They usually do a meeting every two or three years, and that's been canceled. Um, I don't know that I had any other. Sh- Those two were on the books. I don't. I'm I'm concerned now about January, the big soccer show, in Anaheim being canceled. So is that when when you hang out with Bruce Arenas and that? That's usually where I see either Alexi Lawless or Bruce Arenas. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or if you saw um, Burkhalter, what, what would the first thing you'd say to uh, Coach Burkhalter? I don't know that I'd say anything to him. Just give him the wave? Uh, I don't think he's done a terrible job so far. I don't know. He hasn't done a great job, but he hasn't done a terrible <laughs> job. <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't run the program into the ground like, uh, what's his face? Uh, like Klinsman? Yeah. Well, Klins, Klinsman just didn't care. Well, Clemson's basically all but been banished from soccer at this point. Well, I guess he didn't have his coaching license, even though he was coaching. I think that's a no-no in Germany. They, they. Uh, well, not yeah, only he that, was he was trying to tell the board. He was trying to tell the board what to do or something. Yeah, I think we did a pretty good job getting him out when we uh, when we did. Yeah. All right. Um, I know the notes aren't in any specific order, but. Um, We'll uh, try and go through. Let, let, let's just we'll try and go through what's happened over the last I don't know five or six weeks. Um, maybe start with the NFL draft. Sure. Uh, I know we we texted quite a bit. You got home like midway through the first round. Uh yeah, I would. I was more doing the, just watching on the tracker, not necessarily what was going on. I don't understand what what happened with Bella checking his dog. Um, <laughs> so if you could explain if you could explain that to me, that'd be awesome. I can't. <laughs> you can't. And, and nor do I care. <laughs> uh, what did you think of um, like having the players being drafted from their homes and stuff like that? I think that's the way it should always be. I don't know why people want to go to. Well, I guess I understand. You know, it's a big deal in the athlete's life to get drafted, but it's. Um, you know, if it, I I don't I wouldn't go if it was me, but of course I'm not that good of an athlete, so 
Um, it is what it is, you I, know. I can't remember which player it was. I want to say it was one of the wide receivers. It was either C.D. Lamb or Jefferson from LSU. But one of them was in their pajamas wearing a robe. <laughs> like a Rocky it, robe? Or like no, a, no, like or like, like a, a like a going-to-bed robe, like a bathrobe. Like one of the ones you steal from a really <laughs> yeah. nice hotel that you hope you get away with and they yeah. charge you $100? Yes. <laughs> and it was like – it was the – the announcers got a kick out of it, and it, there seemed to be a pretty good like on Twitter. There seemed that's that's great. One of those things, I thought does, that was hilarious. It does seem the society is doing actually rather well with the quarantine and the the graduation celebrations or the birthday celebrations for people. And um, oh, that reminds me, I've got to drive by your house in the next couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I got to find I got to get Conley to drive me so I can moon you out the window. <laughs> Your birthday's coming up, right? In like two weeks? Uh, Three weeks? June 17th. Yeah. So you still got a little time. Um, Remember that time we had Mandy believe and my birthday was in July? <laughs> oh, God. Um, how do you think the Falcons did? I know you, what you texted me. Well, I just think it's ridiculous that they paid Gurley $5.5 million. That's... It obviously shows they have zero game plan for what they're doing. Um, what did you? Or, or actually, you know what? It, it shows that they're they're doing what they what they've been doing over the last few years, and they're just hoping it just works out this time. How about that? Sure. Um, what did you think of Green Bay taking a quarterback, trading up for a quarterback in the first round? Well, they they didn't give up much. Uh, they didn't give up much. To trade up, they only traded up a couple spots, didn't they? Yeah, but they gave up a, a second rounder. And, um, but I, here's the thing: they could have still got. They didn't need to trade. They could have got that guy. I, I, that's what I was thinking initially, but they must have had some inside information that someone was going to move up, or someone else might move up for him. Maybe. Uh, um, but uh, but I think it's a good play. Actually, I think um, I think it actually helps Aaron Rodgers uh, because then the. Or is teaching someone from scratch um, kind of what he would like to do, and then Aaron Rodgers can decide whether he thinks that's going to work for him and the team kind of deal. Okay. It's the first time I've heard somebody say that. Um, and we both know that. You know, uh, like when I joined the management team at, at Miller's, sometimes that's helpful because someone else is going through the process that has that is new, and then other times that's not helpful because – they bring a lot of negative energy or, or, you know, there's nothing worse than training, training or, or being around someone that was like, Oh, back at my, at my old restaurant, we used to do it this way. Um, like, um, well, you don't have that job anymore, man. Yeah. So you probably sucked at it. <laughs> most, most people do. Um, <laughs> so I put out a draft day bet. Um, and I, there's a story behind the bet. Uh, I mean, you missed by one person. I missed by half a person. Oh, by half. So the, I got a few months ago, uh, an old friend of mine from grammar school in New Jersey reached out. A guy named, by the name of Drew, uh, Drew Hyatt. Drew lived in my neighborhood. Um, you know, I have a recollection of him. He played soccer with me one year, one of the years my dad coached. <laughs> um, and he lived, you know, he lived like a, a block away or half a block away. I mean, he's on the same street and everything. He, he reached out and said, hey, is this, is this so-and-so from, from New Jersey? I went to grammar school. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. And he's like, oh, what a small – like somehow he stumbled across our, our podcast. 
Like, oh, wow. we, we have no connections. He just, <laughs> I don't know if he was stalking me. I'm sorry, Drew. Uh, I don't know if he was stalking me or he just kind of randomly came across my profile. Someone, and It sounds like someone was really, really, really bored at home and wanted put, to get put, to the end of Potentially. Uh, well, Drew, we started chatting on, on Twitter, like direct messaging and stuff, and just, you know, reacclimating to each other. And, and he was asking, hey, you got any bets for um, for the draft? And I said, I don't. I really haven't looked at it too much, but I'm sure I can come up with something. So I found uh, the, the bet over 15 and a half SEC players taken in the first round. The record previous was 12. There were 15 taken, and there was like in the first, I want to say in the because I was live tweeting it as it was happening. I think in the first 10 picks, there were like seven taken. It was crazy. So I'm like, oh, this is looking great. I've got 20 picks left to, or 22 picks left to just to get eight or nine. Well, it ended up, we only got 15, uh, so we lost the bet. Um, but it was, it certainly made watching the first round a little bit more fun. I, I mean, that's the other thing. The draft took way too long. Oh, did it even from home? It started at 8 and it finished at midnight for one round. Isn't it just five minutes per pick? Yeah, but what happened was the clock would run out and there would still be another two or three minutes before the pick got announced. Were they trying to secure secure the availability or something? What? I don't was know. It, what. Do you think it was the ESPN thing or do you think it was the NFL thing? I think, I think it was both. I think they had to go through some checks and balances to make sure they were getting the right picks. That's what I, that's what I was right? thinking was that, was that it, it was it was more of a um, uh, making making sure that the information they were getting was secured in a secured format so that there was no possibility for mistakes. Um, the other thing I think so what would happen is they would show somebody's room, they'd go to like somebody's house, the camera from somebody's house, and then they'd go back to the announcers and they'd be talking about something, and then they would announce the pick and it would be the person in the house they were just showing. So it was like, it was, it was, I mean, it was very odd. Uh, I thought overall, like, that was my only complaint about it. I thought Goodell did a really nice job of, like, kowtowing to the fans a little bit and say, I can't hear you booing me and stuff like that. And, you know, he was, like, he was, I thought he did a pretty good job from his studio or his office or whatever. Um, but it just, it just took way too, that, that thing should have been over by 1030. Well, they need to figure it out. I mean, the, the people's, the, well, and not everyone's going to be super bored uh, yeah. come in the future. And you really need to, I think, you know, all the science says that uh, about two hours or what is it, two hours, 15 minutes um, is about the uh, attention span for the 80 or 85 percent of the people. Well, and, and, you know, not having to go to work. Sure, I'll stay up and watch the whole thing. I think I went to bed at 1230. Um, but it was, I mean, ridiculous. So. Um, I think it was Green Bay again, like twenty six or twenty seven. They, they, they were they were thirty and moved up to twenty six. Twenty six. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if this happened before or after the draft, but uh, Gronk comes out of retirement and gets traded to Barman's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> so Brady and and Gronk are back together again for one ride in Tampa. One one ride. Uh, in a uh, no sales tax or a no uh, personal income tax, no state, state income tax state, uh, with beautiful weather and uh, lots of golf courses and uh, amenities, beaches. <laughs> hmm. That's a bad sign for Gronk. He's already up to his playing weight, though. He's already up to two sixty. He said he was. He, he uh, already said he was 
four protein shakes away. <laughs> um, I, I just, I just, I can't, I can't see Brady and Gronk being as successful somewhere else. And it doesn't matter where. It doesn't. It isn't anything against Bruce Arenas or Arias oh, or. Um, it's more or, an um, indictment of Brady being old and Gronk being a party animal. Well, no. Well, it, it's you know football has fifty three players on the on on the uh, on the roster. Um, they have how many coaches and advisors? Um, it's it's definitely the the sport where the system you become part you become you become a um, your results become fr- come directly from the system, and no one coaches better using their defense to help their offense than Bill Belichick, and and he's willing to let let his defense be more porous as long as they can make the one or two stops that they need. And then he knows exactly what the offense has to do. So if you were to look at the NFC South, who is the best team in the NFC South? It's a dumpster. It's a it's a dumpster fire. It's the not Saints a, are by far the, the Saints are by far a, the best team. It's not a dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire. There's two good teams and there's two maybe average to below average teams. <laughs> I just don't think the Bucks are gonna be very good. I just I just don't. It what was my call? Saints, what, 10 and 6? Saints, I think 10 this, and 6. I, I, if you look at it now, I think the Saints are, are or better. Well, possibly better. Yep. 10, 10 and 6. Um, where you're really looking at the Falcons and the Buccaneers at 8 and 8. I, I agree with one of those teams being 8 and 8. The Buccaneers? Nope. The Falcons? Yeah. And then, really, Carolina's in, in dumpster mode. They're I think really they're a the, six and ten or a seven and nine. Yeah, probably. I was thinking five and eleven. Um, I, I think okay. So, but I, I honestly don't think Carolina can beat any of the teams in the and the other teams in NFC South. I just don't. And then what are we AFC West and, um, and NFC North and NFC North? And there's only two or three games out of the North that they can win. The Lions are going to be much better. Yeah. Um, the Vikings are probably going to drop off a bit. Green Bay will be solid. The Bears are going to be better. You don't know that. <laughs> Nobody does. No, but not even the people in Chicago know that. <laughs> I think they're scared. Oh, they should be. Well, didn't they get – which quarterback did they get? They got Big Dick Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, For those who don't know, I that's think, Nick I Foles. I think Mitch Trubisky is going to play a lot better having uh, someone I, behind him I, and – well, and, assuming he wins the starting job. <laughs> and, and you've heard me say this to employees all the time. You know what? Either you're going to get better or you're going to go away. Either way, I'm going to have a good show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so based on your math, Tampa would have to be better than eight. Uh, I think the Falcons and the Buccaneers are on the same win the same win plateau. Uh, here, they could go to the playoffs, or they could be that one spot out at nine and seven. Here, here's um, what here's what I'll say. Here, here's here's my final take. Saints eleven and five. Okay. Bucks ten and six. Uh, I just don't see them getting Falcons ten. nine and seven. I'll agree with that one. And I'll go Carolina five and eleven. Yeah. That, the only one I disagree with, I don't think the. Bucks I don't know anybody on that Carolina team except for McCaffrey. Well, and they've got that new college coach, and the, the yeah, owner's rule. the problem. 
So yeah. the, the, own, the owner's going to want to is, – is like the junior version of Jerry Jones. He's going to want to make decisions about football. And uh, just just talk to Arthur Blank. Don't come down on the field until the game is over. I'll also say right now the Packers are like 10-6 and six or 11-5. and five. I agree with that. They're not or as they good as last a, year. They could have a little sophomore coaching jinx to maybe be 9-7-ish. and seven-ish. Mm, Maybe, but – You've got uh, you've got the two running backs playing for a contract. Oh man! So Aaron Jones and uh, and uh, I can't remember the other kid's name. They're both playing for contracts. So um, you put on your face mask before the, the show, but I was expecting <laughs> you to put on your uh, your American flag just face mask just, to match your speedo. Just to give you a uh, um, just to give you a little a little laugh. So, for those who don't know, my company is kind of we're, – we're still making signage, um, but we're producing face masks. I've got 15,000, 20,000 in stock at the office. If anybody needs a face mask, I've got different designs and stuff. Just shoot me a message on Facebook, Twitter. If you've got my email, if you want to text me, if you've got my phone number, just let me know. So, I can get them to you quick. I've got them at the office. Um, I'm just going to start knocking stuff out here just to, to get through uh, everything. So, bet with – What's your what's your opinion of wearing face masks in public? I've wo- I wear. Th- have you been? How often have you been wearing yours? If I go to the store, I'm, I'm wearing it. The grocery store. Have any like I was at Lowe's twice this weekend. Um, Do you feel it's important because you you come back to your family or because? No, it's it's more the the mentality of it, that, that's going on in, in a lot of Europe is I wear a face mask to protect you and you wear one to protect me and. Whether I'm sick or not, I believe I had coronavirus in January or February. Um, I can't. I don't have any proof of that, but I, I think I might have gotten it then. I think it's one hundred nineteen dollars in the Quest Diagnostic. You can go to the. You can give your sample to Quest, and I think you get it back in like six or seven days. So I mean, at some point when testing becomes reasonable, I might do that. Um, but you know, it's it's more of. I think that's going to become the social norm. Um, and that's kind of the mentality that my company's taken. So, you know, I'm, I'm a company man at this point. Not that do you, wear, do you wear a mask at the office? I don't because it's me and Adrian. And we're oh, just, you guys, just you two in the we're office. We're 100 feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, I, I mean, I've always got one in my car or in my bag, so. Um, that's what I do is I carry mine in my laptop bag. And if anyone actually had a beat, I'd be happy to put think, it on. I think I got mine right here. Oh, you don't? You didn't get the American one? Oh, I've, I've got like seven, dude. Oh, I went camo. Man, that fits as tight as your as your thong. You can't see my face. It's camouflage. <laughs> it, it matches my underwear. You want to see? <laughs> um. All right. So, lost the bet with Bevo for the draft, but the Bundesliga by half. By half of, you know, it's it's gambling. Well, that's why it's called gambling. That's when you look at odds and it's fifteen point five because they know that that's that's the swing. That's yep. the that's the swing. Uh, so last weekend we had the German league soccer league come back. I took uh, in the bet with Bevo. I took Borussia Dortmund. I can't remember who they played. Uh, Schalke. They won. It was a one and a half or a two point spread. They won four nothing. Bet with oh, that's Bevo. Pretty big. That's pretty big. Especially for coming back. 
Uh, and it was like fast. It was like two two nothing at the half. It was three nothing a minute into the second half. <laughs> Um, I'd like to. I'd like to see the math on how much action is on these games that just came back. Well, there was a lot of action this weekend back in the German league. <laughs> so I, on on a separate bet, I didn't post it as a bet with Bevo. I also took uh, Bayern, and I took uh, Leipzig. Leipzig won, but they didn't cover. Bayern won and covered. So I I actually got two of the three bets right, but. It didn't count. So, but this weekend, I gave everybody a double. I took Borussia again on the on, on with the spread. It was one. I believe they won yesterday, two or three to nothing. So that covered. I'm pulling up Fox Sports right now to get the scores. Um, and then I took um, I took also took uh, Bayern Munich yesterday. And they were a two-point spread, and they won five to two. Oh, there were two. There, I'm sorry, there were two and two and a half. So I covered that one. And then I took uh, today. I took Leipzig, and they won uh, five to nothing. So bet with Bevo hit on Borussia, and then it hit on the three-team parlay. But Bevo took all those games in a parlay with the spreads and hit big for about one fifty. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, bet with Bevo, uh, 3-0 and the last two weeks. And we'll be looking at more soccer matches for you this week coming up in the German League. Um, Atlanta United back practicing individually, individual workouts. Think, uh, all the teams are, uh, are okay in their own market. I think they're going uh, small team activities this week, is it? That might be, like, I well, you know, with uh, Georgia opening up, I think they might be able to practice – as a team, as long sooner. as it's ten, uh, yeah. I think I think they're trying to do to ten. Um, yeah, I think all the teams are back. The last I read, there were like only like two that weren't. I think the California teams couldn't. Maybe maybe San Jose, and um, or or it might have been the LA County team. Actually. It might have been LAFC and LA. Uh, it it, 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 it is it is because they're in complete lockdown for another two months. Oh, you know, it's not too. I think they're all the way to the end of August now. Okay, you know, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's longer than that. Um, do I, so I know the, the idea floated right now is the Orlando situation, where I think they yeah, play Disney. they're talking about doing Disney. a tournament with all the teams being in Orlando. No, I think they're talking about doing regulation play there. Oh, do, uh, um, well, what I understood was MLS would do a four-week tournament, um, not part of the season, and then possibly go back into the markets after that in July. Well, I would. I, I don't know if that's the case. That doesn't make. A, why do a tournament? Uh, like uh, doing it in a preseason, but making it count. Yeah, but just count that as regulation. Your, your regulation games, and then I think well, that I think, I think we're kind of saying the same thing, want, just different I ways. Think, I don't think they want to call them regulation because they don't want people to do the. Um, I think they're well, like all soccer players, they're really worried about the injuries, those hamstring pulls and all the and not having enough players. Well, that's you why know, they're giving them really, they're giving them really five subs. Them right now. They're giving them five subs. Oh, are they? Yeah, so the obviously I haven't watched FIFA upped it to five across oh. the board for everybody. Well, so that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, well, guys are out of shape. 
you know, there you, you've got the uh, the Italian league starting back up here in three weeks. I think England and Spain are starting back up here in two or three weeks. So they, you know, obviously they want to make sure guys don't get hurt, especially with the transfer window so close, um, going into next season. So is there really going to be a transfer window? Uh, San, uh, Santos or Sancho's already been sold from Borussia Dortmund to Manchester United. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so yes, it has to be. That's the only way like teams like Manchester United are going to get better. Um, is, that, is that important? Well, they're not even going to make the Europa League, I don't think. Well, yeah. Well, um, this is if you're ever going to take a year off, this is a good time to do it. <laughs> Oh, this this couldn't have worked out better for Atlanta United with Joseph Martinez being out for six months. Uh, he's a very lucky individual, isn't he? Yes, he is. Three months right <laughs> off the bat. Okay, I can be back in three months. Great. It's pretty amazing. Oh, just uh, the luck continues. Um, so it looks like MLS will start maybe around end of June, mid-June. Is that the, what I'm seeing? Mid-June. They're talking about full team practices. That's why they want to get them in Orlando is so that the – so they have all the testing in one spot. They have all the players in one spot. They can limit the access. Um, not necessarily the players can't talk to people or whatever, but that they can limit the number of people that they – the same – You mean, you uh, mean hair salon people, people and tattoo artists? <laughs> the tattoo artists. <laughs> is, is Franco Escobar going to travel with his tattoo artist? Uh, how much neck art is he going to have with? Back on the pitch. I, I saw. I already saw. Barco's got a full sleeve now. Oh my gosh! How long have I been saying this? It's They've got nothing else to do. You 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 did you did say that you, you get the you get all the credit for that. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. Is, is it gonna? So I'm thinking it's gonna be kind of like Olympic style, where they're gonna have a game at at like five or seven. And then another another the same, game at ten. The same stadium three times a day. Well, they're going to use. I think they're going to use the Wild World of Sports, and there's got to be like six fields there. Uh, yeah, I think they have over three three. Well, you don't need a stadium right now, right? But I think for TV, the stadiums make it easy because they've already been wired and all that, right? For television, so they so I think they they would use the and then the West Coast teams obviously would probably play later in the day than the East Coast teams. And the, the usual kind of um, yeah, but I can like that. I can see them having three four games at once and then rotate so twelve teams play every day and then yes. twelve teams play the next day and then so the rest is even and the um, and then the what we're talking about at the velodrome is making sure that there's five or six days in between each time we meet so if there is a, we have that amount of time to find out right. Um, NHL proposed a 2014 playoff starting in July. So season over, these 24 teams get in. It looks like it's either going to be a one-off or a three-game playoff to play into the round of 16. And then two. Yeah, I, thought, I thought they had a good plan. Um, I did read though that a lot of the players really don't want to go back to work. Yeah, a lot of them are with teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. Oh, are they? Yeah, Drew Doughty was one with L.A., and they're they're already <laughs> been eliminated. Well, I mean, they just need to take the year off. I mean, they need, I, I thought it was a very uh, uh, good and unique plan. Yes. Uh, I think the top four per division or top two. per conference uh, get a bye. Yeah, top two on east, top two on west. And then the, and then the four play-ins 
I don't know if it's a one game or a three game, but I would assume it's. I think it's just a one game play. That I think that that goes with the play in type of thing. And then I think they're also looking at a similar plan where it's going to be in four or five cities. Wow. What's well, um uh, I do know from the NASCAR side of it because they limited it down to sixteen this to sixteen people that travel as the race team. Uh, that they had no um, day of positives. It'll be interesting to make sure that no one tested positive for um, COVID nineteen today. Also, when they start the race, so this will be a whole a whole week of um, of them being together and doing the testing and seeing if uh, if there's any issues. So, all right. Uh, I know last time we talked about the Tour de France. You didn't feel like it was going to be moved, but it was. Uh, to August 29th, starting September 20th. And now there's a couple issues with Colombian riders being able to get to the Tour de France because they're locked down till the end of August. Well, Colombia locked down their country, not letting them out. Right, right. Yeah. Um, like no one's ever snuck out or in a Columbia, into Colombia. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah, there's plenty of drug submarines those guys can get out. <laughs> uh, so what happens to the Vuelta? What happens to the Giro? So the Giro goes to... October 3rd through the 25th. Okay. And the Vuelta goes October 20th to November 8th. So no one's going to win the triple. Uh, Imposible. <laughs> uh, so That's um, going to be interesting because it, it could be quite cold in both of those places at that time of year. Yeah, well, the, uh, Spain should be pretty okay. The Italian, the Italian one's going to be a little odd. Uh, there were supposed to be some Portuguese stages in the Vuelta. And they, they, so they did cut down their tour by a couple of days, I think three days. Um, and they're going to be a little bit shorter. So, um, but they, uh, Spain is usually pretty moderate where they end up because it finishes in Madrid anyways each year. Um, so, but it'll be interesting to see how the, some of the mountain passes and those kind of things uh, are that late in the year. And um, it's something that the cyclists and the teams and the directors have never had to deal with. So it's going to be kind of like a Wild West racing again where, where you just have to hope for the best, cope with the rest. Um, anything with the classics, are those going to be made up or no? Yeah, they're, um, most of the World Tour classics are uh, look pretty good. Uh, the first one's going to be Strada Beyond. They kind of stayed a little bit in order of where they would have been in the original schedule. Um Strada Bianchi, August 1st. Milan San Remo, then the week after. Um, oh, that's going to be interesting because it'll be nice and hot. Yeah, it'll be it'll be. So it'll you'll be have to see completely different climate yeah. for those um, races. Originally, uh, the Prudential Ride London and Surrey Classic was going to be August 16th, uh, but they decided not to hold the race. Uh, some of it's sponsorship. Uh, some of it's just not feeling comfortable with um, asking that many people to come out. Um... The, looks like the uh, Canadian races, September 11th and 13th, are still going to happen. Uh, the Grand Prix uh, Ciclista de Quebec and Grand Prix, uh, Grand Prix de Montreal uh, will still happen. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many how many pros might just stay based in the U.S. and then do those races and not go to Europe because they didn't get selected for some of the Grand Tours. It'll be it'll be odd. Do we see a smaller field? Do you think we see a smaller field? Yeah, well, those have been pretty small fields anyways. With the no, grand, with but the, for the Grand Tours, like, do we see them go to, like, maybe, like, six or seven riders? No, they decided to keep it at eight still. Um, 
for the, the riders in the in the Grand Tours, uh, uh, just uh, just so they didn't change too much of the team dynamics. That well, how are they going to ride with those plastic barriers on the sides of each other so they don't get <laughs> coronavirus? I guess they'll just have to figure it out. <laughs> Firm, um, Firm's going to come out with a triangle-shaped one, so he's more aerodynamic. <laughs> then uh, uh, Fletch Wallon, uh, September 30th, Liege, Le Liege, October 4th. Um, Amstel Gold might happen or might not October 10th, and again, Wakeham on the 11th. And then uh, Tour of Flanders, October 14th. And um, uh, Paris-Roubaix, late October which is going to be amazing. Okay. October 25th, and then finishing the season in Italy in uh, Lombardia, October 31st. So th this feeds into a question I've got a little bit further down the, the sheet here. If everything comes back and everything's back to normal in the fall, which at this point we're not 100% sure what's going to happen, but if everything's back to normal, you have NFL and college football, Potentially have NBA, NHL, MLB, MLS, European League soccer's all the European leagues. Then you have an, an an enormous slate of cycling in the fall, which you don't normally have. Right. Like cycling season basically ends really at the end of end of September, right? When the when the vault is over, there might be a race here or there, but nothing major. Then you have the Masters. Is that the weekend of November tenth, like something yeah, around there? That's going to be. It's going to be beautiful. You have all these classic races now. Could this be, like, could November be, like, one of the greatest months for sports ever? Ever. ever. I mean, you could have everything, everything going at once, which you never have. You, you might even have college basketball by then. Right. That could be insane. I mean, we don't know what NBA and NHL are going to do, how far back they're going to move their schedule to accommodate this. But... This could be insane. Well, for most of these sports, you know, they just don't have any other choice. It's either do this or lose sponsors, lose TVs, no. lose, you know, and so you just have to, you just have to go with it. But like you said, it's just insane. You know, no one in their right mind would plan for this to happen. Oh, sure. But, you know, like you've got to hear the British Open's been canceled. Sure, I understand that. But well, they can't really move back to that time because really the only it's unplayable at that weather, point. <laughs> the only two weeks of good weather they ever have it over there is is in July. Um, but you could also have the U.S. Open, uh, the FedEx Cup, the PGA. The so you've three of the four majors in the FedEx Cup. Plus, I didn't even mention NASCAR. Yeah, well, I think NASCAR is planning on finishing it at their usual time. Right. Um, God, so this be could be amazing. Could be amazing. Um, you know, I know also, you know, I know the NBA kind of wants to go to a schedule where they might not start until Christmas week. Yep. Kind of deal, and this plays into those hands. Yeah. Um, reading about baseball, they don't have any idea what the hell I, I, I firmly believe this could be the end of Major League Baseball. Well, you know, I think this is – Major League Baseball is – the players are really saying they really don't want to take a pay cut because they're, because they're tired of getting pushed around by the owners in free agency – and now they're finally like, why should we take a pay cut when you get all the when 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 you get all the all the when times are good you get all the revenue and all the net income, and we just we just you just pay us what you feel we're worth. Um, I see you got in here. Froome maybe leaving Ineos. Uh, he doesn't like the dynamics with uh, Bernal and Garrett Thomas being better than him right now. Of course not. 
and being the little whiny, uh, whiny baby that he is, <laughs> he'd like to he'd like to move somewhere where where he felt more comfortable. All right, why do you have don't waste your time on the Lance thing? You invited me over to watch it tonight. You said you're going to make popcorn for us for the Lance doc. Take your words back. <laughs> <laughs> I know secretly you're going to be watching it. Take take your words back, or you have to wear the Brett Favre's uh, uh, Jets jersey into 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 Lambeau Field. Fine, you buy it. I'll wear it. <laughs> that one with the girls I date, not, not you, buddy. <laughs> you buy it and I'll let you sit on my lap at the game. <laughs> Could you imagine the looks you would get if you had the, was far four on the Jets? Yeah, I think so. If you went into, into Lambeau without, not even the Jets playing, like just like a Bears or a Lions Packers and walk in with a, uh, a far four. Or a, or a Vikings four. Mm. I wouldn't do that to you, bro. <laughs> Um, did you watch any of the, the, the Jordan doc, the last dance? No, I, I, and I'll say that this ties into the Lance doc, the documentary also, I get that people want to talk about the past like this, but it really feels like they're, they're kind of trying to do the Scooby-Doo ending. I haven't watched any of it either. And, and I feel it, what, what, from what they're talking about, it really feels like they're, they're trying to change the perception, the perception of what it at the time, but the reason we had the perception at the time was because that was the facts that we had from what you were giving us. Because you want to change what you feel that you were giving us doesn't necessarily mean that we should feel differently about what you did. So you know, I, I Dennis do. Dennis Rodman to me will always be the worm, and he'll always be a Detroit Piston. That's where he was created. That's where he was at his best. And that was his initial family. I don't know if that's where he was at his best. He was pretty damn good on those Bulls teams. I, I think he was better with the Pistons. I think they used him better. Well, no, not necessarily. He filled the role that they needed him to fill in in Chicago. Get well, the, that's true. I'm get not the saying ball. he played poorly. Yeah. I'm just saying with the Pistons. It was a different Dennis like, Rodman. Yes. Well, he had a different role. Well, and, he, and, if you look yeah. at his, if you look at like his points per game with Detroit and his points per game with the Bulls, it's significantly lower. Yes. With the Bulls. Yes. Because all, he, but his rebounds might be way up. Yeah, I don't even think so because Michael Jordan gets so many rebounds. He gets so many more rebounds than Joe Dumars and um, and uh, Isaiah Thomas. Right. So it's and and I, I'm not saying Dennis Rodman wasn't fantastic with the Bulls, and I love watching Dennis Rodman play basketball during that time because he was like a a bowling ball in a China. In a China no one country. worked harder. No one worked harder. And he didn't care if you were uh, two feet taller than him or whether you were Muxley Bowls. He played you to beat you each and every time down court. And I really admire that about him. And I do like that. I just, being a Detroit Pistons fan and being from Michigan, I just like him better. As oh, a now you're a Detroit Pistons fan. At the time, I was a Detroit <laughs> Pistons fan. <laughs> All right, so Dennis Rodman. Bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? Dennis Rodman with the Bulls. Um, but I feel the same way about the Lance documentary. He's just trying to find – it's another way of him trying to excuse away the past and trying to make him feel better about himself. It has nothing to do with him wanting to share different information or more information or, or – I don't even think – he probably doesn't even – 
Bay, sorry. No. Um, do we see leagues like the NHL, NBA, MLS push the 2021 season start back, start back to accommodate long playoffs in the middle of the summer? Well, I think NBA definitely will because they, they want to. I think they want. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the NHL like starts November one instead of October one. Um, and I wouldn't well, be surprised they, if MLS starts like March or even April. I do think this is a this is a this is the chance for the NHL owners that would like to maybe play a few less games and have the playoffs mean more. Um, this would be an opportunity for those owners to tell the other the owners that are against that to be like. Hey, if there's ever a time for a shortened season to see how this works, now is the time. Especially with an expansion year. Yes. Um, so I totally agree. I think the NHL will start late. We know the NBA will. Yeah. The NBA is not going to start until Christmas week. Um, I think they might start after Christmas. I think MLS will start when they traditionally do because I think it plays into it plays into what's going on in Europe and some of the other areas. Well. What I I can see them doing something similar to what they did uh, last year, where they 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 just push it a month, and then make it up during the year, and, and do a more condensed schedule, just to kind of move that Concacaf stuff around anyways. So it's kind of they might if 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 they if Concacaf comes to them and says hey this is when we're starting they can always say no. True. Yeah, you know, they hold but the it chips would, at it this would be point. Odd to be- playing just all that CONCACAF stuff without the MLS stuff. I agree, but you know, CONCACAF could start in March. Well, Con- CONCACAF will do anything they can to put at us the, as Americans at a um, Costa Rican uh, stadium. In a, in, in a bad spot. <laughs> yeah. Any opportunity that they have, they will... It's the same for cycling in the uh, Capache is what it's called in cycling. In the, they will do they don't announce dates for events until the absolute last day and that they have to and those kind of things. What was the story I saw about the rider who tested positive that was, he was on EF education? Uh, he, he tested positive on his old team. He had been signed for this year on EF education, uh, but they whitewashed, they whitewashed him off the team when they found out that he had, uh, his initial test had been positive. Okay. So it's what Jonathan Waters does. He, he makes things go away like Tom Danielson's uh, positive for Waters and uh, and the owner of the team should have stepped away when they promised that if they had a positive test, they would. Um, but he just, just he just writes his own rules and kind of makes his own stuff up as he goes because he's so valuable to the sport that he just, the sport just couldn't survive without him. Uh, did we miss anything? John. Georgia should be reopened, what, next week? Fully? Uh, well, they're talking about, well, bars, he might still push bars back. Um, what we'd like to have, what we were hoping for is that he would go to uh, gatherings of 50, because then the velodrome could probably kind of reopen some. Tens, tens a little awkward for small events. Um, what have you been doing in, in lockdown? I know you've been working at Zebas. I know you've been at Reality Bites. Um. Yeah, I've been doing delivery at Zebas, uh, put in a point of sale system, new point of sale system over there for them. Um, uh, delivery's been fun. Uh, uh, meet neighbors, been working on some menu items and those kind of things uh, in the kitchen. Um, I've been riding my bike quite a bit. Uh, I usually get out about four or five times a week because I'm not traveling. Uh, I did get a, a, a GoPro, like a Hero 5, and uh, been playing around with that and uh, 
for the team to see if uh, we can give it to the kids and let them play around with it and see if we can get some content going uh, for the East Point Track Club um, and kind of go in that route. So, um, so we've got the golf tournament started today. We didn't talk about that, the match. Yeah, did it start at 3? Yeah, I think it started at 3. Is it on CBS? I couldn't quite figure out what it's was on going on. It's on TNT, TBS. Oh, that's right. I did figure that out finally. Uh, so you've got Tiger against Phil, or Tiger and Peyton against Phil and Tom Brady. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Come on. Tiger was, and Brady should be together. Well, what like, was, I watched it the last year. Talkers, the crap talkers. Phil and Peyton should be on the other team together. There's and they should be making they, Phil and Peyton should be making fun of Tiger and Brady and getting them so mad that they have to they actually have to lash out. What was hilarious watching this last year is you can tell how much Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson absolutely hate each other. <laughs> the, the conversations were awkward. They were not genuine at all. It was it was completely scripted. It was, I mean, it was almost like somebody was feeding lines to Phil Mickelson. That's how awkward it was. I mean, he's... That's why I think Phil and Peyton should be together, because they're going to tease, they're going to tease Tiger and Tom until they have to get back in, they have to come back in. And, and, you know, I already don't like Phil Mickelson, I think he's a giant piece of turd, but there's just nothing genuine about him. Nothing. There is absolutely nothing. Every, every time I've seen him talk, Everything that comes out of his mouth, everything he's talking about is just, yeah. Jesus. I mean, and you know Tiger Woods would rather be out there with anybody else. Oh, <laughs> Anyone yeah. else. He'd rather be, like, with Ricky oh. Fowler or or, uh, or what's his name well, from Ireland. It was, Ireland, it was you know? supposed to be David Duvall. It was supposed to be David Ooh. Duvall and Tiger. And yeah, Duvall 20 and years ago it was supposed melt, to be those two. <laughs> 20 yeah, years ago, maybe. Down. <sighs> I, last year it was just painful. The, the best part was that Barkley was in the uh, – the booth was Sam Jackson, and but it was on it was on pay per view last year, um, so it'll be interesting. I'll, I'll turn it on for a little while. See what's going on. Yeah. All right. You got anything else? Because I this, that we've hit everything on the list. No, that's good. Okay. Uh, how uh, how's your uh, uh, quarantine life? It's a lot better now that Violet's going to preschool. Oh, cool. Um, it the first four or five weeks were rough with with me and Jess and her. Sydney's easy, and Jess really has Sydney the whole time, but now Violet can get up and down the stairs, and she just does whatever she wants, and it's... Uh, it's just a chip it, off the old block, huh? <laughs> it's, like dealing with, it's like dealing with myself, and dealing with me is not easy. Um, but now that she's back at school, it's a lot better. Um, you know, I've been going to the office for about two weeks. Um, you know, we take walks around the neighborhood and stuff. I typically do all the grocery shopping, and yeah, I'm going to start riding my bike this week. Oh, cool. Well, we'll have to go out for a social distancing ride with our masks. Yeah, absolutely. No, we're not wearing masks while we ride. <laughs> I'll die. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, I was working on a project for the laundry room today and yesterday, so trying to finish that up. Oh, cool. Yeah, so... All right, well, that does it for episode 89. Barman and I, oh, happy Memorial Day, everybody. I know it's tomorrow, uh, Monday. This will probably be up by then. Um, We'll probably maybe record again before July 4th. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, 
well, well, hopefully we'll have more to talk about. <laughs> yeah, the, well, we really need more sports to talk about. Yeah, I mean, hopefully... There's only so many times I can t- text you and tell you that I saw Francois at Zebas. <laughs> and he, he pointed at me and he's like, I know you. I know that guy. I know him. Oh, good old Francois. I got a message from um, one of my old accounts. Uh, the guy who ran the... Uh, what's the athletic club down there in the King and Kilda? King and Queen building. Oh, the concourse. Yeah. So Dan used to run that place. It was funny. He ran that place. Ashley Bush was a, a, a server there. Oh, wow. So I walked in there the first day, and I, I run into, I meet Dan, and I see Ashley wait tables. I go, I actually know Ashley. I've known him for a long time. Um, nice. Dan's a Notre Dame grad. He reached out. He's like, to this day, you're still the best general rep I've ever had. <laughs> nice. 12 years later. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you're very good at your job. Well, I try. That's all you got to do is show up, Barman. Hey, well, that's 90% one. of the job, and half, half no, the people no, can't even do that. Number two is when the Mexican restaurant orders 90 cases of Modelo, don't give them 90 cases of Corona. That's right. Or if you're hand, make sure you're hand-delivering it. <laughs> so, All right, so everybody enjoy their uh, Memorial Day. Barman and I will be back before 4th of July. You've got hopefully any, we got uh, some Atlanta United updates. And hopefully we'll have uh, Atlanta some, United games some by then. to watch. Maybe we'll have some NHL to talk about. Maybe we'll have some uh, NBA. Maybe we'll have some. Uh, well, obviously, See how we're moving right into the, right into the season playoffs. We might even have some European, other European soccer to talk about. So, thanks for listening, and uh, we will uh, we'll let you know when we're coming back with another episode. You want to say bye? Bye, everyone. If you like the Barman and Bevo podcast, you can find us on Podbean to download all of our episodes. You can go to our website, barmanandbevo.podbean.com. Uh, all of our episodes are there as well. We can subscribe on Google, um, Apple, of course, uh, and uh, Stitcher. You can go to any one of those platforms, search for Barman and Bevo Podcast, and be able to pull it up. Follow us on Facebook. at uh, On Facebook, we're Barman and Bevo Podcast. Uh, Michael Vandera, Michael Barman. On Twitter, at Barman. The letter N, Bevo Pod, uh, at Bevo8771, at underscore Coach Barman. As you can hear, Violet's in the background talking to me while I'm doing this. Um, we always have uh, weekly when we do our, our segments, uh, Ask Barman and Bevo Anything, uh, Bet with Bevo. If you have any suggestions, please send them to us at any one of our uh, social media sites. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with a new episode. On a warm summer's evening. On a train bound for nowhere I met up with a gambler We were both too tired to sleep So we took turns of staring Out the window at the darkness Till boredom overtook us And he began to speak He said, son, I've made a life Out of reading people's faces And knowing what the cards were By the way they held their eyes So if you don't mind my saying I can see you're out of aces For a taste of your whiskey I'll give you some advice So I handed him my bottle And he drank down my last swallow Then he bombed a cigarette And asked me for a light And the night got deathly quiet And his face lost all expression 
said, if you're gonna play the game, boy, you gotta learn to play it right. You got to know when to hold up, know when to fold up, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. Every gambler knows that the secret to surviving is knowing what to throw away, knowing what to keep. 'Cause every hand's a winner and every hand's a loser, and the best that you can hope for is to die in your sleep. And when he finished speaking, he turned back toward the window, crushed out his cigarette. Faded off to sleep, and somewhere in the darkness, the gambler he broke even. But in his final words, I found an ace that I could keep. You got to know when to hold 'em, know when to fold 'em, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. You got to know when to hold 'em, when to hold 'em, know when to fold 'em, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. You got to know when to hold 'em. 